0: Welcome to the We Are SC Podcast. This is Eric McKinney, joined by Greg Katz. Greg, it's a, it's a weird season, but it's UCLA week, and it feels familiar. USC with, with a lot on the line, and, and here come the Bruins.
1: Well, you know, I hit the nail on the head. There's a lot on the line. There's the possible Pac-12 South Division Championship. You have that. You have the state of, you know, the program for Clay Helton. You've got players that um, have a lot on the line, try to show the NFL scouts. And of course, the 90th meeting of USC-UCLA always is going to capture Southern California. The fact it's on ABC, it's on national television, uh, you know, <laughs> there may not be anybody in the stands, but there will be those TV cameras and the players will be well, well aware of it. Let's put it that way.
0: And I do think there is a sense of this season feeling like such a, a, a nothing. So, you know, that that there's, especially with the Pac-12, the way, not so much the way it was handled, but but the way it sort of played out, where from the very beginning, the Pac-12 is not in the conversation, you know, not realistically in the conversation for a, a college football playoff appearance and, you know, oh, if if they go undefeated, could they still get there? clearly USC is, is undefeated to this point and, and is 15 right now in, in the college football playoff. That that was not going to be something. Uh, I, I think we were all comfortable saying that heading into the year uh, based on the six regular season games that they, they were not going to get there, but I don't think that anyone is able to just sort of say, Oh, this season didn't count this season. What happens in this season that, that spins forward and once things get back to normal and, and, you know, hopefully uh, next spring or, 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 2021, the season, you're back to where you, you truly can play for a, a national championship or, or at least kind of a higher ranking uh, in the college football playoff. And this is one of those games that, that I still think means a lot for the USC program. You've got early signing period coming up, uh, just this next Wednesday kind of a, a weird thing where the season is still going to be going on through sign- through you know through through the big signing day uh here coming up next Wednesday and, and it it means something if USC can beat UCLA both to show a lot of these guys that they want to keep home keep in Los Angeles uh that this is kind of the way the program's going to go and I think it lets your the the defensive staff kind of go out and and you know show that, yeah, we, you know, we made a change and and we are kind of this program that we're talking about building now. So, so again, I I think it's one of those things, you know, nationally uh, this year, does it mean a whole lot, even though USC is undefeated? It's probably not, you know, one of the marquee games nationally, but boy, I, I still think it does mean a lot for USC. Where where do you see, again, a a win or a loss kind of throwing the trajectory um, for USC going forward?
1: Well, you know, they say perception is reality. So this is SC UCLA, no different than Ohio State and Michigan for our area. So the way I look at it is if SC wins, it makes the appearance look like we're on our way back. Now, you know, the win total of the teams they've beaten is one win and nine losses. So for me personally, I'm not under any illusion that they're the conquering heroes. But I think what's important is with UCLA starting to show some progress with Chip uh, Kelly, this win is very, very important because once the game starts, you know, you're going to see those home uniforms going at it The focus will be on the field, but uh, I think when it's all said and done, uh, it's super important to win this game.
0: Yeah, and and so looking at UCLA, again, I I think people thought that this would be sort of another Chip Kelly UCLA team. Uh, And and when you look at what they've done this year, again, it's tough for really anybody in the Pac-12 to have made a lot of noise just because you, you didn't start with a lot of teams. You know, high up in the rankings, and so when you're when you're beating these teams, and then those teams have kind of COVID issues, and, and so a lot of the teams that the USC has played so far just don't even have forget wins; they don't even have a lot of games played this season. Uh, and, and so you look at what UCLA's done, and you know, started the season with a loss to Colorado. Uh, they had that you know the the Utah game canceled, then that weird thing against Cal where they both lost games, and then. Kind of short notice, came up with a, a Sunday game, uh, and, and they really kind of took it to to Cal in that game. Lost to Oregon playing without their starting quarterback, uh, and, and then now they've been able to beat the two Arizona teams. The Arizona State win uh, coming most recently, where they they blew uh, a fairly big lead, then were able to to come back at the end. So uh, it's not a, you know, it's it's a three and two UCLA team. You look at what they've done, and it's not wholly impressive but I I know we both see kind of some some challenges for USC let's start on uh, let's start with USC's offense going against that UCLA defense and the UCLA defense under Chip Kelly is not going to be the the thing that gets talked about a lot with Chip Kelly it's always been offense but uh, that defense feels like it it has 18 sacks this season through uh, again just Five games, 18 sacks, and I believe 36 uh, tackles for loss. So they have done a good job getting after the quarterback and getting into the backfield. What do you see as kind of the, the major challenges for USC offensively against that UCLA defense?
1: Well, you know what? I, I watched uh, Kelly's press conference yesterday, which would be uh, Wednesday, and he said the way to beat USC, basically, is have a great pass rush and uh, try to contain the receivers by combination of man-to-man and zone.
0: And a fishing net, maybe.
1: And a fishing net, (laughs) sure. Um, So they definitely, I think, are going to put all their marbles into the pass rush. I think uh, they've got some very physical players up front. You know, and I think that, uh, you know, when you look at Osa Odigizua, uh, the defensive tackle, the Trojans' offensive line is going to have their hands full with him, no question about it. And it's really a question of how long can they keep uh, Keaton Slovis upright. That's the big challenge.
0: That, that'll that be huge. And really it kind of comes from from everywhere. You've got Cable Johnson is, is a inside linebacker, but he's one of the team leaders in, in sacks, and, and they bring it from uh, corner, they bring it from linebacker. I think based on what Washington State did, against USC last week, chances are USC is going to see a lot of sort of pre stat movement or, or looks that turn into different looks. Now, the great thing for USC is that offensive line situation is not remotely the same as it was going into that Washington State game. Against Washington State, you know, we found out right before the game started who was not going to be there. And that's basically anyone with any experience who has played left guard. And, and so it was a a true freshman in Cortland Ford going in at left guard. USC did not have Andrew Voorhees. They did not have Justin Dietrich, who certainly would have been the next guy up. And they did not have Liam Douglas, who probably would have been the next guy up at, after Dietrich, and so, all three Clay Helton saying on Thursday, uh, as the trend is going, as long as all the, all the tests continue back negative, those three will be available against UCLA. And then also, the big news on the offensive line, Liam, Liam Jimmins, the right guard, who left the Washington State game in the first half uh, with an elbow injury, he is on track to play. So, you should have USC's starting five. Uh, back there that that news to you means what as, as far as how you see maybe USC's offense being able to succeed against UCLA
1: I think what it means is SC will be at full strength and you know what does that mean you know I think it gets down to Graham Harrell offense coordinator uh, has been scrutinized and I think justifiably um, you know is is he going to disdain the running game is he going to pass the ball 17 times in a row? Is he going to run the ball, you know, on occasion? What kind of running plays are they? I don't think you're going to change Graham Harrell. So, you know, I think they have a legitimate excuse last week. They didn't have much time to work with their offensive line. Hodgepodge group in there. But this week, you know something? There's no excuses to me at this point. It's SCUCLA. And, uh, you know, let's let's stop the excuses. Let's, you know, let's get down to brass tacks. That offensive line is either going to be able to create running lanes if running plays are called with any consistency, or UCLA is going to attack uh, Slophis, uh with bad intentions.
0: And, and this is a – this always feels like a want-to game. You know, the, if, if you, you get a run play called uh, or, or – any kind of play called and it it develops into a run play uh it's the it's it's just it's USC jerseys against UCLA jerseys right it's who wants it more who's going to push uh one way or the the other and we just have not seen consistently that USC's offensive line has got has gotten that done not that UCLA's defensive line or, or defensive front is a is a pushover but you feel like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in a game like this. And we saw, I mean, Clay Helton kind of, you know, solidified his his position as the permanent head coach with a running performance in a UCLA game. The, the way they were able to run the ball against UCLA, however many years ago that was, uh, that that's, feels like one of the things that that really got him that job and so again that that for me is going to be uh, a big thing we know that if if given the right matchups usc can throw the ball uh, all over the place can you create running lanes running ability running yards uh when they're not just kind of serving them up on a, on a silver platter can, can you really do that so far the answer is, is really no or at least not consistently and so I, you know do they want to? Is that something that, that they actually want to do? I don't know if even a year and a half into this that we really have an idea, uh, a, a solid idea one way or the other, if, if they even want to do that or not. But that, that's going to be, I think, like what you said. Keaton Slovis has got to play this whole game. Uh, he's got to stay upright. And you can't be having your quarterback kind of peeling himself up off the turf uh, again. And then I I think what they're able to get in the running game to take some of that off of him. Cause if he's dropping back, you know, 50, 55 times in this game, UCLA is there. They're going to get to him a a handful of times, whether it's sacks or just hits. And those are hits that Keaton Slovis cannot take uh, throughout the the course of a season. So I think we're both kind of on the same page there with what needs to happen offensively. And and the names are the same for USC, You, you know, you're probably going to have a wide receiver who steps up with a big game, but you got to have a running back. I, I believe the, the USC running backs, the, the big game for them is 82 yards rushing. No, None of them have a hundred yard game uh, this season. And I get you're splitting it between four guys, but it uh, feels like somebody has got to step up in that regard because, and we'll flip it to the other side, UCLA has a running back in Demetri Felton who can do that he's he's a guy who can go for over 100 yards on the ground and through the air uh, and he feels like a weapon that UCLA has maybe you know he he's done he's had a great year but maybe even underutilized him to get ready for a a USC defense what do you see as kind of the biggest matchup when UCLA has the ball
1: well it's it's going to start with uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson And he is, again, another quarterback that can make things happen. Uh, When he's good, he's really good. But he has made errors. No question about it. He can throw an interception, fumble the ball, poor decision-making. But if he plays the best game he can play, it makes it even more challenging for the SC defense. And the thing about UCLA is they are balanced. And this is really the most balanced team SC is going to face when you take into account the skill players in those areas. Um, But I think one player that uh, everybody should keep an eye on is uh, the Duke grad transfer running back, uh, Britton Brown. I mean, I was impressed with him. He runs hard. He's a big kid. I don't think he has top end speed, uh, but he he can get the job done. And he compliments uh, Demetrius Felton so nicely. So, you know, if UCLA, which I, I think they'll do play action. They'll try to keep SC's defense on a string.
0: Yeah, and talking about Britton Brown, the thing that, that jumps off the page to me is he, it, not a ton of attempts, 46 attempts. Again, we talked about Demetri Felton being kind of the the man. He's got 111, almost half of, of UCLA's total rushing attempts this year, but Britton Brown, 46 attempts, one yard lost all season. This is not a guy that gets brought down uh, in the backfield. He's a a pile mover, and and that's something that USC is really going to have to stand up against. And then you've got Felton, the speed of Felton, who can kind of do a lot of things off of that. Uh, This doesn't feel like a game where USC defensively can rely on that sort of dime package that they used against Washington State, where Washington State was going to be in that ten personnel spreading the field constantly, four wide receivers on the field uh, at all times. USC is going to have to get kind of tough and physical in the trenches. And good news for USC in that regard is that Raylan Goforth, who suffered a sprained foot against Utah and missed that Washington State game, he should be back and able to play against UCLA. And boy, that that battle sort of up front, the the USC. Whatever it ends up being, front seven, front six, uh, th- those defensive linemen, linebackers, against that UCLA offensive line, which has been good. I mean, they they are generating a a real push in that running game over five yards a carry uh, this season. And again, a, a offensive line that knows they're going to be relied on to get a push in that running game. And I see that as a as a big battle up front.
1: Well, you know, I I think what you get with Todd, uh, Orlando's defense is feast or famine. If SC is out of position and one of their blitzes, UCLA is going to burn them. You know, and like you said, the UCLA offensive line's got Sean Ryan, 6'5", 3'18", a sophomore. He was an Orange County kid. USC wanted him badly. He didn't end up there. He's, so SC's facing him. And uh, their offensive line, you know what? They do what they do. And they do it pretty well.
0: I think UCLA offensively, especially, you know, Chip Kelly loves to do kind of the, again, we talked about, I I talked about UCLA defensively giving USC's offensive line kind of some pre-snap looks and, and a little bit of homework uh, before every snap. I think offensively UCLA has shown that they can do that too. Arizona State, we saw earlier this year kind of shift in motion and trade guys and and do that all over the place. That that uh, Their offensive coordinator coming from Boise State, and he did that a bunch there. Uh, Chip Kelly can do that here too, and that's something where USC is going to really need to be buttoned up defensively because UCLA can put a bunch of guys on the field where they can get them the ball, sort of right at the line of scrimmage, behind it, downfield, all of that. And, and so again, if USC is going to, uh, bring heat, which you know they will because they always do. Uh, getting to Thompson Robinson, but then getting him down is going to be big. Washington State, Jaden Delora, he he could move a little bit, but he doesn't have the legs that Dorian Thompson Robinson does in terms of if you miss him in the backfield, he could go and I and and go the whole way. And so that is going to be something that I, I think when USC brings pressure. Uh, They've got to get him down. And I think so far, USC's defense, again, you, you know, that there were some real cracks against Arizona State. Uh, I don't think the last two offenses that they've played have been amazing. But they've, both, they've been sort of potent in their own ways. And I do think USC's defense right now is, is trending up. And I, I've liked the way they've looked it, it, over the last couple, of days, uh, couple of games.
1: Well, you know, I, I give uh, Todd Orlando a lot of credit. He's brought back an attitude of aggressiveness, violence. They play hard, really hard. And um, it's really gonna be a question of whether UCLA guesses right on some of these blitzes. Okay, it's gonna be what little uh, twists is Chip Kelly gonna do? Is he gonna put in an option? Okay, is he gonna run a bu- bunch of misdirection? Uh, because uh, he could really, Chip Kelly is a brilliant college football mind. Forget about what he did in the NFL. He is the real deal when it comes to offensive football. It's proven he did it last year when he had Kelly at running back. And, uh, you know, it, it. the beat goes on. And remember, UCLA will know how to close out a game because they, they you know, they are run-oriented. You know, the Trojans seem to want to pass their way using clock, which you know what that means. Incomplete passes, the clock stops. So, no, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting contrast between the USC defense and the UCLA offense. Uh, you know, SC's just going to have to really be careful about the big plays. I'll say that.
0: And, and yeah. I think having, having Talanoa Hafanga playing sort of at the level that he's playing at right now, he had a, an unbelievable game against UCLA last year so you know he's going to be ready to go especially coming off that that performance against Washington Say that I think maybe one of the defensive performances uh, of the last several years for USC one thing to to keep an eye on in terms of injuries for USC defensively is Greg Johnson who has played and and been a pretty consistent presence uh, for USC's defense uh, this season playing kind of nickel and and all the nickel corners are are lumped in with the safeties now uh, in this scheme but he will be out for the rest of the season. He suffered a knee injury against Washington State. So in comes Max Williams, who who is not new at all. He he played some last year and uh, was on the field for for basically the whole game against Washington State. And he's a guy where uh, I, I think he can really rise to that to that challenge. And I've really been impressed, kind of, with the whole secondary all year. There, there's a flag now and then you know but but this is not a secondary you know you you can recall the one deep play against Arizona uh for that where they got burned for a touchdown but uh they, they've been pretty buttoned up I think Dante Williams and, and Craig Nivar, the way that they've sort of worked together the way the safeties kind of work with the corners and and the play from those corners with Chris Steele and and with uh, Elijah Griffin and and Isaac Taylor Stewart uh you know, there, there's some things where they'll say, hey, we weren't perfect here and we've got to fix this and, uh, you know, a penalty here and there. But, boy, overall, I, I think they've been good and I think they give this defense a, a lot of confidence, especially against a UCLA uh, passing game. Without a t- You know, Kyle Phillips is, is a good wide receiver and UCLA does not hesitate to, to bring a tight end uh, into the mix at any one of a few Um but, uh, but, boy, I, I think USC probably feels much better about their corners and secondary going against the UCLA passing game than maybe UCLA does vice versa with their guys matching up against USC's uh, receivers.
1: Well, you know, I want to make a comment about Talanoa Hufunga. I actually think that he's the best strong safety since Troy Polamalu. When he's healthy, he's nails. He is really something else. And it's kind of showing. What, what they have to be careful with SC is UCLA has a tight end, Greg Dulcich, who could really uh, create a problem. And it will be interesting to see how USC tries to take him out of it. So, um, you know, I think the one key area on defense for the Trojans, they've got to tackle. They've really got to tackle. They can't have yards gained and broken because of missed tackles they're still missing tackles. That's a concern to me.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been better, but, but certainly you're not going to put this film up and say, Oh, we've made every single tackle. Um, And and so again, like you're saying, that's something that can hurt you, especially with this. You know, we 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 mentioned a few guys for that UCLA offense. And again, it's not, you know, this isn't Alabama coming in. Um, but UCLA has enough. They, they have enough guys that kind of concern you at a couple different spots where you can't just say, hey, let's sit somebody on this guy. If we take him out, we're fine. And so it will, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting. I've come to kind of anticipate seeing what Todd Orlando does week to week. I mean, that, that, the USC defense has become kind of fun again to watch and see how they're playing and how they're playing together and, and what they can bring. Uh, there were some performances under Clancy Pendergast that you thought, wow, that that was just great. Beginning to end, that looked great. Uh, a little bit like John Baxter's special teams where kind of too few and far between, but when it was hitting, it was hitting well. Todd Orlando kind of, to me, uh, again, it, it feels like every week you go in thinking, oh, what can this defense do, not, oh, no, what's going to happen to this defense? And I think you've got guys, uh, Drake Jackson and Marlon Suipolotu and Hafongo, and we mentioned, uh, that are playing, you know, statistically against Washington State. The, the two guys up front didn't have it in terms of playing the, the whole game and piling up a bunch of numbers. Uh, but, boy, the, there's a lot of confidence, uh, at least for me, going in thinking those guys are going to be, again, buttoned up and and ready to go week in and week
1: out? Well, I think it's going to be a test of wills, as the SCUCLA games generally are. It's going to be who's going to keep the pedal to the metal physically, emotionally, intellectually. Um, You know, there's not going to be a crowd to distract anybody. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be a crowd uh, to encourage your team. So, this is strictly going to be a backyard brawl, period. And uh, I'm excited about it. Do you see anything? We'll, we'll touch special teams a little bit. It, th- there's nothing that kind of strikes
0: me looking at UCLA special teams and, and USCs that kind of drastically tips the field uh, one way or another. Both, both kind of, you know, they, they've been solid this year. Uh, I know, you know, Parker Lewis has had a, a couple misses now, but. I don't think there's any you know concern that, that he's going to go on some uh, you know super cold streak or anything. He's, he's certainly done enough. And Ben Griffiths is putting really well. The, the special teams coverage units I thought for USC uh, have been very good outside of a, a Utah punt return where the returner kind of bounced off a, a tackler right away and then got a big gain. I, I can't really think of anything that, that's even started to scare you uh, in, in terms of a return compared to last year where, where you had a handful of them. Uh, and then UCLA has, has been fine too. Their kicker, uh, three for three uh, on the season, hit a 44-yarder against Arizona State, uh, punter averaging about 43 yards a punt. Nothing really you know, has, has broken for UCLA. Nothing's really broken against them. So when it comes to that, when you're saying, hey, this is pretty even, it'll probably be a wash, maybe that becomes a, a spot to look at because both teams are, are capable of hitting something in special teams and in a rivalry game, that's always that and turnovers are always one of those things that you look at as, as maybe this ends up helping to decide it.
1: Well, you know, turnovers are always going to be the key. Turnovers, you, what you don't want to get caught in is losing because somebody else schemed you. Um, you know, coaches are supposed to put players in positions to win. And it's up to the players to do it. And I think that both teams are capable if they do what they do uh, and they do it well. I think, you know, we could have one of the more exciting games this season that we've seen in the game, uh, the games, you know, in the last maybe 10 years. Um, You know, sometimes it's been a blowout. But, uh, you know, I think the odds makers have it right. You know, I think SC's uh, open two-point favorites, which basically tells me it's an even game. So uh I think there's a lot to to be said about um uh, what we're going to see on Saturday.
0: Yeah, just just not a lot right now that that makes you believe that USC is going to play a solid four quarters of football anytime they they take the field. You know they're capable of it. I mean, based on what you've seen kind of from the rest of the Pac-12 this season, you know they're absolutely capable of of blowing the conference away. Uh, if they play as well as they can for four quarters, that just hasn't happened. So I don't know how you go into any game thinking or or knowing, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be the game where, where it happens. There's always the sense of, can they do it? Can they start putting those things together? And uh, in a year like this, where you don't have Notre Dame and you didn't kick off with Alabama that had your real full attention, uh, UCLA, ha- it has to be that game. This has to be the game where you can... You know, clinch your spot in the conference championship, and it's UCLA in your way. If it's ever going to come together, you know, for a full four quarters, uh, this has to be it. Your your sense of, does that happen? Does USC play inspired the way they can and, and get this done in a convincing way on Saturday?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of concerns about the second half. USC has not scored a touchdown in the third quarter all season. That uh, is alarming. They haven't scored a touchdown, uh, I believe, in the second half of the last two games, uh, which is alarming. Uh, UCLA, uh, I believe I read this, uh, they have an extreme point explosion in the fourth quarter. So um, SC can't afford to have a, a downer second half.
0: I mean UCLA over the last couple of years has had some just unreal games where they have been blown out and then all of a sudden you know Clay Hilton mentioned that this week you know they're they're down by 20 30 points and then all of a sudden they're you know driving to maybe win or or uh you know tie it up late in the game. So this is and it happened a little bit last year it felt like boy this thing is a USC blowout and then it was like eh, they're they're not going away they're they're not totally buried yet they kept kind of coming back. So again, if, if you, I, I think if USC plays the way they did in the second half against Washington State offensively, uh, UCLA, they've shown that they're never going to give up. I mean, they almost play better when they jump into a, a 21 point deficit in, in the first quarter or in the first half. So yeah, absolutely. That'll be something to watch before we kind of finish this up. I, I want to let you go into a little bit uh it's USC-UCLA, and, and, you know, there, there are uh, historically games that just stand out to people. What, what is your favorite or, or either favorite or just kind of your, your first memory when you think of, or your first thought, I guess, when USC-UCLA is brought up? What, what are some of the things that really stand out to you?
1: Well, because I am an old man uh the i can say that i can reach back and and i think fairly be accurate i think the game that will always stand out to me is the 67 usc ucla game with oj simpson uh and gary beben for ucla it was just they didn't give up they were just pounding away and it's interesting cuz i i just watched the game uh you know not too many weeks ago and um, you know ucla really dominated the game for about the first uh 3 quarters Uh, And then SC seemed to wear UCLA down, which was a trait of John McKay's teams. And, uh, you know, another one that uh, I remember was the year that um, Norman Dow came in uh, for Gary Beban and uh, upset the Trojans like this can't be happening type of thing. Uh, There was the famous Gary Beban passes to Kurt Altenberg and Dick Witcher in 64, 65. Uh, which was SC was up with about four or five minutes to go. And it was just a, it was a calamity. But then I think it to like 1969 uh, when uh, Jimmy Jones threw the hail Mary pass, so to speak to Sam Dickerson in the corner of the end zone. I feel uh, humbled to be able to say that I was there for all these games. And uh, you know, it, it, it does, there's just something about when UCLA is an underdog, I get nervous. Okay, because somehow they bring out the John Barnes of the world and all of a sudden they have the game of their life. But I think, you know, uh, you know, getting a little bit more up to date, the Pete Carroll domination of UCLA was was magnificent. I mean, Reggie Bush's runs and catches against UCLA to me are legendary. So those are just some of the ones that I remember the uh well, the Eric Alfolder controversial catch at the end of the game uh i i'm trying to remember 1980 something late 80s uh that was a real uh you know knife in the back it's still ucla fans are still claiming that uh that he didn't catch the ball and uh i recently just saw an article about it and he you know he you know, doesn't say he didn't and he doesn't say he did he <laughs> says it is what it is but uh you know generally speaking This is such a unique game because both – you know, sometimes you have players from the same family playing against each other. You know, Rod McNeil was one running back for SC, and his brother Fred was a linebacker for UCLA.
0: You've got the the Vons brothers this year.
1: That's right. That's right. And that's what makes it unique. You know, I understand Ohio State and Michigan, and we don't give a damn about the whole state of Michigan. But this is really unique. I don't think there's any, maybe in basketball, the closest you could get would be North Carolina and Duke because uh, Chapel Hill and Raleigh are so close together, but you know, football there's nothing like it, this rivalry. And I think that's illustrated by ABC saying we're going to televise it.
0: Yeah, mine, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go back to, to 67 but i'm glad you mentioned kind of the the p carroll run the the reggie bush game Though that's i think that's what jumps out to me the the 2003 the 2004 game the mike williams game where it was like 11 for 181 i think in the first half where he probably could have caught 40 passes in that game if if he wanted to uh, and then reggie bush taking that the next year and and it ends up you know 29 24 in, in what kind of turned into a, a nail biter with what felt like was going to be a blowout. But he had those two really long runs and it was just one of those things where uh, in this game, that's, that's you know, you, you can become kind of legendary and not that those two guys needed that game specifically. Uh, but, the, you know, this is where you can kind of go to another level. And, and so I think uh, when we talk about you know, Keaton Slovis and Talanova Funga and, and guys like that, uh, these games kind of offer that opportunity to really be the talk of, of LA and then college football uh, when they have big time games uh, against UCLA. Just it, it, you know, USC has it with Notre Dame. We're we're not unfamiliar with kind of being on that level uh, with, in terms of watching USC, uh, but it's all, it, it, Feels, you know when they're getting ready for UCLA it feels different than when they're getting ready for for Utah no matter how good the, uh, those two teams are in that particular year so in a in a weird season in a you know frustrating year uh, for got to be just about everybody it's nice to have a USC UCLA game here coming up and even though again no fans in the stands it'll feel I think a lot like USC UCLA with what should be uh, a lot on the table for USC. So I know we're both looking forward to seeing that one kick off again Saturday uh, afternoon, evening, 4.30 kick uh, on ABC. And we'll see if USC can finish a shortened, but still undefeated regular season as they take on the three and two UCLA Bruins. So uh, for Eric McKinney, or sorry, for Greg Katz, this is Eric McKinney. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the We Are SC podcast.